This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. This is COVID Conspiracy. Foreign disinformation driving American vaccine resistance. Part three. COVID vaccines, a secret disinformation campaign. They wanted me to share wrong information about Pfizer. It started online, but flyers ended up on doorsteps. It said it causes sterility. Traced back to Russian intelligence. Russian agents working on U.S. soil. Millions of Americans gobbled it up, a nightmare for U.S. healthcare officials. Time-consuming and exhausting. I'm J.J. Green. Join me for the COVID Conspiracy Crossover event, a joint presentation of the Target USA podcast and the Colors podcast, featuring the National Football League Players Association, Dr. Anthony Fauci, former FBI and CIA personnel, social media influencers, COVID conspiracy. We connect the dots between foreign disinformation campaigns and Americans' refusal to get COVID-19 vaccines. Coming up on this episode of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. Capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. Millions of Americans have refused to get the COVID-19 vaccines for many different reasons. On this podcast series, we've discovered that many might have been swayed into not getting the jab because of a disinformation campaign put together by a foreign government, Russia. Among those who've avoided getting the vaccine are some very prominent people, including members of the National Football League. In part three of COVID Conspiracy, we talk with Demora Smith, executive director of the NFL Players Association, and he explains how they dealt with it all. Mr. Smith, uh, thank you so much for agreeing to talk with us. Um, One of the real problems that the nation and the world are facing at this point is a serious vaccine disinformation campaign. And for many people, they don't really understand the origin of the campaign, where this is all coming from. But what they are witnessing on a daily basis is the impact of it. And what's Mm -hmm. happening is a lot of very smart people are making decisions about not getting vaccinated, not wearing masks, doing things that While it may address their interest in their ability to make decisions and um, not have others dictate what they do, they put a lot of people at risk. So I wanted to talk to you about what the NFLPA is doing to help its members get educated about the truth about the vaccine and to get those shots and to deal with that because there are a number of players who have made some very interesting comments about retiring or dying as opposed to taking shots. How have you dealt with that? 
<laughs> well, first of all, yeah, you know, it, it, it's a pleasure to be on your show and, and to really get to it. Um, we've dealt with it um, by really having a zero sum focus on what's true, what's scientifically validated, um, what can be objectively verified. Um, and, and to your point, um, sometimes calling out just how um, wrong, incorrect, and false some of the allegations are. And I don't know how to go forward uh, with, with almost anything in this country right now that's critically important without both engaging in a ruthless uh, uh, determination to, to stick with what's true, but at the same time calling out those things that are deliberately false. How has your membership, your, your people that you deal with on a daily basis, uh, in calling out and in taking these steps, how have they received this messaging to your, to, in your view? Well, you know, we're, we're not anything different than uh, a microcosm of the country. And, and for the people who truly want to find out the truth, the people who are um, want to engage in um, – uh, an understanding about what's real and what's not, what's true and what's false. Um, talking with our membership about these issues has been really, really positive. Um, at the same time, are there some people who have just decided for whatever reason um, that they are um, not going to engage in a disciplined approach to determining what's true or not? Um, they've just made a decision to either ignore it or, or refute it. And um, again, that that's not much different than where we are um, in the country. Um, I mean, look, I, I, I live in in D.C. and um, have lived there my entire life. Y you know this because of, of uh, you also are, are in the area. Mm -hmm. But you recall that a man drove into Connecticut Avenue. Yes. Uh, to ping pong armed to free kids who were purportedly being held against their wheel will in the basement of a pizza shop. Yeah. And as absurd as that was, including the fact that it didn't have a basement, um, it caused a person to reach some sort of conclusion that he needed to come in armed in order to deal with that. And, and literally that's where we are right now in this country. We find ourselves having to battle um, an extremely at times well-financed and, and very deliberate effort at, at, at uh, disinformation. You know, you're exactly right about, about that Connecticut Avenue situation. And it was, I think one of the early precursors of just how, bad the disinformation situation would get and it has it's it's spidered out it's 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 yeah. it's spread across the entire populace a lot of normally rational people are now doubting things because of well-financed campaigns i'll just give you a really quick example of what we're talking about here um <clears throat> there is an organization that is trying to pay influencers People on mm. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, they're trying to pay them to include messages in whatever they say to their audiences on a daily basis that say that the Pfizer, the Moderna, and the U.S. vaccines don't work. They're no good. 
They're saying things that are designed to essentially make people doubt the vaccines. Some people have taken them up on their offer and taken the money and spread this information without looking into it, but some others have and they've blown the whistle on it. The problem mm-hmm. with the problem with this, as you well know, uh, and um, you know the work that you've done over the years shows that you're a very thoughtful guy and a very thoughtful professional when it comes to doing things um, the right way in, in any way. But what they've done is they've reached some influencers, some of whom may be in the NFL that are spreading this disinformation. And I'm interested in hearing from you just how much of a concern that may be for you. I'm concerned about it. Like any person who believes in, in freedom and, and democracy and the, the, whether a community of people can sustain a functioning democracy I'm extremely concerned about it uh, because it's not only the vaccine, it's stop the steal. It's um, people who, uh, again, like a a rational person believing that kids are being held against their will in a pizza parlor. It's 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 such an effective and, and deliberate campaign, because I do believe that it you know, if you've if you've studied, you know, sort of large scale disinformation or, or propaganda campaigns, mm-hmm. it touches all of the points of effective propaganda. Right. Mm-hmm. It touches on where um, a person is emotionally. It touches what they want to believe. And then it grabs people um, um, that they might believe or, or believe are truth tellers. And it wraps all of that up um, into an effective propaganda disinformation campaign. And and look, we've been on the receiving of it. Um, I've been on the receiving of it um, as an individual, certainly been on the receiving of it as um, as a as a person who who's running a, a labor union. But you and I both know that this effort isn't an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not happenstance. It's not. um it's not a carnival barker, you know, asking people to come in to see, you know, weird oddities at a at a carnival. Um, it's something far more sinister and and far more deliberate. And I am worried about it because uh, the, the 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 method and means by which many of our citizens intake information these days um, leads rational people to come up with positions that are absolutely unfounded or or untethered to any bit of truth. Mm -hmm. So let's look at um, what's the, 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 I guess, the real deal in the NFL right now as far as the rule or the law. What is the NFL saying about COVID vaccines? Well, we've recommended that every player take them. Um, and um, I've recommended, you know, certainly to, to everyone that I talk to as a, as a black man who lives in, um, you know, a very diverse community um, and, and knowing that there might be people who have um, a hesitancy to take um, vaccines. I, I think it's morally imperative, um, you know, where I find myself to, to advocate for something that I know that will keep us safe. Um, you know, obviously, we've got players who, who feel strongly um, otherwise. We did feel it was important to bargain for 
um, our players' right uh, to not have the vaccine be mandated. And, and I think as a labor union, that was an important step for us to take. Um, has it made the, the mission any, any easier? No. But, um, you know, for someone who is, has, you know, covered so many important things, whether it's, it's our servicemen in, in combat zones or issues of national security, you know, you and I both know that, that things are, are rarely not complicated and it's very hard sometimes to boil everything down uh, to something that only lasts as long as a TikTok video. Um, yeah. The reality is we're straddling a line that does recognize what we believe is a personal freedom, but at the same time, urging people to do um, what we think is in their best interest to keep us safe. Um, and, and by the way, we found ourselves in situations like this um, before. I mean, this is the first time that America has mobilized um, around a, a vaccine or the world hasn't mobilized against a, a, a global uh, pandemic. It's not the first time that this country um, has tried to rally its citizens around a common cause or around a common foe like we did in World War I and World War II. Um, are there people who feel strongly otherwise? Yes. But um, it's our job to confront these kind of complexities with, I think, a level of truth and candor. Well, that's exactly what this is about, um uh, DeMoris, um, this is exactly why we wanted to talk to you, because we believed that you could bring the full picture to us to help us to put it in the context. You've said a couple of times, you know, before we started, this is sports, you know, and you need to yeah. keep it in the context. But, you know, a lot of people don't. A lot of people haven't. A lot of people aren't able to separate that. But what you've done is painted a very clear picture of what's at stake here and why it is of concern. And I'm just grateful that you are doing that and sharing this this way. Uh, and I want to ask you, as we, we move on into this, um, you know, so what is... I want to ask a question about the vaccination rate, but I want to ask yep. this, though, first. Um, that decision to make sure that people had their rights, mm -hmm. in addition to recommending that they get vaccinated, how, how, is, how complicated is that for you? I mean, you just... It, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it's not. And, um, I mean, let's you know, go back in uh, Mr. Peabody's way back machine a few years ago, a <laughs> uh, number of our players, I, I knew that only, well, we, we can go ahead and admit that only people over 50 are going to get that joke. Um, you know, a few well, years I ago, am, so I get it. <laughs> totally. Um, a, a few years ago, we had a number of fans and, and, and I think I heard from all of them taking shots at us saying that the players who chose to protest during the national anthem were being anti-America, anti-flag, anti-police, and anti-military. And, and you and I both know that that was a reoccurring false narrative trope. Trope, exactly. It's a trope. And, and so... You know, this union found itself in a world where we sued the National Football League um, over its unilateral um, uh, uh, ban to, to protest. 
um, we ultimately reached a settlement with the league where they they withdrew their ban um, for a, a young man growing up in a household where where my father still considers himself to be in the Marine Corps. And I spent a lot of my career being a homicide prosecutor. I'm certainly not anti-police and anti-America. Um, but at the same time, I felt it was important to stand up for our players to protect their right uh, to protest. That's no different than this. Um, do I believe that it's important for, for our players not to, to be forced to, to take the vaccine? Um, I still think that that's right. Um, we bargained for that right. At the same yeah. time, do I still think that it's important for our players to not engage in, in falling for disinformation? Um, and, and doing things that are important for their health and safety and the health and safety of their families and their communities? Absolutely. And, and I don't really see it as complicated. I think it only becomes complicated where we are now because there's very little appetite for anyone to engage in a thoughtful conversation. And, and I think that's the, that's the problem now. Yeah. We've, we've elevated the importance of trope. We've, we've, come to signify the the dominance of a, a, a number of characters that we can fit on a Twitter page. And somehow that passes for conversation. And it's never been the case. Um, you know, looking back to the, the civil rights movement, were, were there always conflicting issues? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the whole idea of a, of a boycott um, in, in some markets has to contemplate that you're hurting the businesses of some people who might believe in your cause. But you engage in things like boycotts and strikes um, and and marches um, because you believe that doing that serves a greater good. And and sometimes it's 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 not something that I can fit onto a a Twitter line, but, but that's why I, I tend to sort of stick with everybody's entitled to their own opinion. No one's entitled to their own facts. Well, that is absolutely what we need to hear. And everybody needs to know specifically about the NFLPA and this effort, because it is absolutely, as you say, important to make sure people know their rights, but also to make sure that they're informed about the, the reality of what's facing yeah. them. So what is the vaccine rate right now in the NFL? I think right now we're um, I think we're above 90 percent in in aggregate. Um, We're we're certainly not at 90 percent as it comes to to every team. Um, I haven't got I haven't received the latest data um, and and probably won't get another real update until we have final cutdowns in the National Football League. Um, You know, but at the same time, while obviously I hope that that vaccine rate goes up, um, going back to our, you know, where we started this conversation, I care a lot more about people um, engaging in real conversations mm-hmm. and thoughtful conversations about their health and safety. And and I, I, I certainly understand players who take the position of, well, D, if we don't test, we'll never know if people have COVID and therefore we'll never will never be in trouble of or in danger of missing a football game. Well, (laughs) that, that, that puts the, the priority on us playing no matter what. And I've never believed that we should play football no matter what. 
um, you know, yeah. just to change the, the, the hypothetical, we would never ask the team to take a vote to see if it was okay if all players could agree to waive if they had a concussion. Exactly. And then, or they would be okay playing football. I mean, if a team voted 100% to say that we don't care about concussions, there's no way on this earth that I would ever say, okay, we should just ignore concussions. That's, that's not how we changed um, approaching traumatic brain injury in this sport in 2010 and 2011. We just didn't do it. Um, I would never ask the team, uh, let's have everybody vote that everybody can take as many painkillers as possible. No, mm -hmm. <laughs> we wouldn't do that because that would, that would reach a conclusion that you as an individual human being are somehow expendable when it comes to um, perpetuating a thing like NFL football. So I, I care a lot about how our players and, and how the public engages in the conversation. Yeah. You know, that's it. That's, that's it. At the end of the day, it's the player. The player is a person. Yeah. Uh, and that person is a very complex assortment of miracles, you know? Yeah. And, right. and well, imagine the humanity of it, yes. right? I mean, everybody is someone's son, someone's father, someone's brother. Um, you know, my, my sister unions in the, in the WNBA and the U S women's, um, soccer team, why would we ever reduce any one of those outstanding players to something less than a three-dimensional living, breathing human? Mm -hmm. We wouldn't. And, and so sometimes every now and then it's not so much now after 13 years in this gig, but I used to have to dig into players who, who like to consider themselves um, gladiators. And, and the only thing I would ever say to that is, well, you, you know, the gladiator in, in the Roman forum was from a human perspective, less than the person watching the sport. So why would any of us ever consider ourselves less than someone else? And, and I think that's the kind of conversations we have to have um, because if we don't, then the game takes precedence over the person. Yeah. So that is a, a brilliant way to take us back to where we started to end this up. Um, the disinformation campaign uh, against getting COVID vaccinations, the NFLPA has done an amazing job, an excellent job uh, approaching – you're welcome. Approaching this and getting players to understand what's really important, uh, and uh, that is their health, uh, and um, you know later the game. Uh, so let me ask you this question: Then, what more are you prepared, or can you do as we press ahead? Because a lot of people are thinking, okay, we need to do some kind of counter disinformation campaign, something yep. to go against it. What are you prepared to do? Uh, as far as that goes on an ongoing basis, because you've talked about not just COVID-19 vaccines, but disinformation in general. So what are you planning, yep. if anything, to do about that? I, I think the conversations have to be thoughtful and and direct and one-on-one. Um, -on -one. I mean, again, going back to where we are, where we were when 
when there were were you know mass player protests um you know during uh during the season um you know you and i remember that on one weekend every player virtually every player in the national football league knelt um pregame after um after someone who who uh, I, I almost never name referred to every NFL players player as an SOB. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that what the players did in response to that was respectful, dynamic, extremely powerful, um, and, and a and a really meaningful refutation of the trope. And so I think that going forward, whether it's NFL players or, or other players or, or anybody else, not only responding to the vaccine or anything else that's going on in our country, I think it's really important for players to, to come out with their voice. And you've seen some players do that. We had a young man in, in Buffalo, um, uh, yes. you know, public talk about how terrified he was that that he was going to die from covid um we've had other players talk about just how devastating it was in in their family and i think we have to do those things i i'm you know i'm a little wary of sort of large campaigns because you know it just gets wrapped up in yet another cycle yep. of of disinformation but I, you know, I can tell you when when someone in our sports community actually claimed that that myself and another player were getting paid by Dr. Fauci. Well, I, I can tell you that I, I can get a little animated and a little salty um, with language about stuff like that. Um, it probably wasn't as thoughtful as I, I've been in the past, but um, I, I think that's what you have to do. You have to respond um, to people directly and, and, and to really call it out for what it is. It is, it is a shameless false trope. And, and for the people who would rather believe it, um, I, you know, the first thing is I, I don't, I don't really want those people as fans just, just to be dead honest with you. Um, anybody who wants to treat our players as less than humans, I, I, I don't, I don't want you as a fan. Um, you're certainly entitled to be, but I, I don't want you as a fan. But I think that's where we have to go with this. And and lastly, I really think that um, it highlights the importance of responsible journalism. And um, I, I don't know of a time in my life when I have been more relieved uh, by the work of of really brave journalists um, who adhere to journalistic standards, research um, um, effectively, you know, have the type of oversight that's that's necessary, um, but also just to be blunt, willing to and daring to tell the truth. Um, yeah. And and you know that that one of the ways that this disinformation campaign has become so effective is undermining people like yourself and your profession. Yep. And, and that's a danger. Um, and, and again, I, you know, for anybody who would listen to this, I would, I would say go back in history and take a look at, at, at 
uh, the precursors to 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 both both world wars um, and and look at what what happened to countries that had effective disinformation campaigns and the rise of totalitarian leaders. Um, the, the scary part is it, it is a very effective script um, for undermining our freedoms. Yeah. And I'll tell you this. Um, take this one moment of personal privilege to say, as somebody who's been working in this national security space for 17 years and working now at the intersection of race and national security, covering both, mm. you know, it is unbelievable to me how many people have either forgotten or never knew the impact of disinformation on certain populations. And, you know, some people will say this didn't happen or that didn't happen, talking about historical events that have been well documented. All right. Yeah. So, and and it's look in your world, you know, that the target is to undermine our country. Exactly. Exactly. It's not just a question of opinion. Um, it's, it's opinion masquerading as fact that's designed to undermine a functioning democracy. Mm. And that's terrifying. It is. D. Smith, is there a way possible that I could get a vote in the NFLPA union <laughs> um, thing there to make sure that you stay there? You know, uh, vote would probably be uh, <laughs> uh, outvoted by my wife's vote. She, for whatever vote you could give, she's going to get two. Gotcha. Um, it, it's been a great, you know, it's been a great run. I don't plan on going um, anywhere. And, and and thank you for the kind words. We we love what we do. Um, we certainly believe um, in in the power of of a collective and yeah. and labor unions. And and sometimes we also know that you just have to. You just have to fight, even if it's not popular. Yeah, you got to bring the real. Demora Smith, Executive Director of the NFL Players Association. Thank you, sir. Also, my friend. Take care. Really enjoyed it. That's going to do it for this episode. Coming up in part four of COVID Conspiracy, Dr. Anthony Fauci talks with us about disinformation and how to deal with it. It's not an easy uh, encounter to be able to overcome that. Uh, but the thing that we try to do, and it's it's time consuming and exhausting because the multiplying effect of disinformation in social media is so profound that the thing I find the most effective is the best way to counter disinformation and misinformation is to provide in an orderly manner by multiple reliable sources correct information. That's coming up in our next episode of Target USA. That's it for this episode of Target USA. If you have any questions, send me an email at jgreen at wtop.com. That's the letter J, the color green, one word, at whiskeytangooscarpapa.com. jgreen at wtop.com. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. And if you want more national security news, sign up for my newsletter, Inside the Skiff. You can do that at wtop.com slash email. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. 
Hey guys, Jay Cutler. Starting a new podcast called Uncut with Jay Cutler. Most of you know me from the NFL, some of you have seen me on Instagram, and some of you know me from the reality TV world. Each week I'm taking you along with me as we discuss football, turning topics, and whatever's going on in my life each week. I'm bringing along people that are special in my life. Former teammates, friends, and some new people that I like and respect. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Podcasting? I think I'm doing this right. Can't wait to get started with you. Go subscribe now. Uncut with Jay Cutler. Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and Spotify. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.